and welcome to the Don't Judge, Just Love podcast, where we talk about all the things with no judgment. I'm in love. That's right. Oh gosh, I'm Chase please. Willardson. Speaking of don't judge. This is Shannon Willardson. <laughs> please, can we not judge any of this right now if you're watching from home? I've had a little bit of a rough go. Should we <laughs> explain No, you're doing great. No. Oh my gosh, you guys. I'm just going to, this is, I'm just going to open with this. Last week... I got pink eye, pink eye. No one else in the family has it. I have no idea how I got it, but I woke up <laughs> middle of the night and my eyelashes were like crisped together. It was so gross. And it's only now, <laughs> this was last weekend, it's only now just starting to clear up. And then we were on a trip with um, in California with our son and we had rented one of those cool Teslas with the, you know, like wing doors. spaceship wing doors. Um, and the door was open and Jack didn't see me coming, pushes Closed the button it. to close the door. I'm like <sighs> walking angle. toward it. Don't notice that it's coming down. And the door freaking clocks me right in the head. I don't know if you can see it, but I have a giant goose egg <laughs> right here. So I just, you know, sometimes you just wave the white flag and you're like, I'm not going to make any attempts to any less fugly than I actually am right now. <laughs> like, here it is. This is just, this is what it is. My eyes are crazy. They're crusty. I'm not going to put on makeup. I got a giant goose egg on my forehead. It just is what it is. So you're getting the, <laughs> the full fugs, full fugs. No. This episode. But we have a good episode for you today. Yeah. What are we talking about so, today? So in this episode, we wanted to talk about depression and anxiety. Um, I think it's such a beautiful thing that, you know, for a while now, it feels like there's been this movement to make those topics less taboo, you know, for people to be more open about it, to remove any stigmas around it. Um, It's something that I get asked about quite often on social media, you know, just point blank, is that something that you struggle with? Um, And I've never really gotten into it, to be honest. I don't feel like either of us have. So we felt like this would be a good opportunity to kind of you know, in the spirit of solidarity, in the spirit of transparency, um, to just kind of open up about that. Um, And while Chase and I do not experience clinical depression or anxiety, we have definitely had seasons of our lives where we've experienced circumstantial anxiety and depression for sure. Um, And so we thought we would just share a little bit about those experiences that we've had and how we've gotten through it. Um... And all of that said, it's really, really important to us that we also say this. Um, We really hope that nothing that we say in this episode in any way minimizes anything that... Anyone else is going through. Exactly. Um, You know, depression and anxiety have such a range of severities. um, And, you know, the last thing that we want to do is seem like we're spouting off, you know, oversimplified platitudes in relation to the very real things that people experience with depression and anxiety. Um, It's also not our intent to, like, compare, right? Because everyone struggles. It's their struggle. Um, And your heart is your heart, right? And so that's not our intent either. Um, Really, what we're hoping is to, you know, again, just open up and be transparent and Really, our hope is that in sharing, you know, kind of what we've been through, um, that maybe someone will feel seen or, like, they can relate, at the very least, that they will feel less alone, 
Um, and if it doesn't have that impact, I'm, I guess my point is it may for some, it may not at all for others. You know, we're, we're under no illusion that our struggles will necessarily be relatable to everyone or, or anyone. I don't know. But, but um, I do, you know, in keeping with this movement of just being more open and removing the stigma around those things, around depression, anxiety, we wanted to just talk about it and get into it. So there's the disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, so another disclaimer to add to the list of disclaimers for this episode <laughs> is that um, we're not professionals at this. And so we are not trained. Um, and no. Just uh, sharing our experience. Just sharing our it. experience. And, so you know, this isn't meant to be like advice per se or correct. any of that. It's just just us sharing our experience, being open. Yep. Right. That's right. So enough disclaimers. Um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about our own experiences. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. So for those of you, you may or may not know this, uh, depending on how long you've been following our family and our journey um, or following Shannon on social. But uh, my dad passed away about almost seven years ago in July. It'll be seven years um, since he passed away. And it was unexpected. And it like sent a shockwave through my family. And um, and it was really hard. It was something that we didn't expect. Um, And then that was at the same time that Charlie was uh, struggling with failure to thrive. And then right after my dad passed away is when she started to have infantile spasms. So that all was adding to the, the stress of the situation. And then... In October, um, it was on a sun, early Sunday morning, I woke up and felt like some pain in my leg. And it felt like I'd, you know, gone on like a 20-mile run or something like that. And we, at that time, we had already done the autopsy on my dad's uh, body. And so we knew that how he had passed away was through pulmonary embolism, which is um, you get a blood clot, a DVT in your leg, and then that DVT... Uh, DVT is a deep vein thrombosis. thrombosis. It's a blood clot yeah. like in your veins that can travel throughout your body. Throughout your body. And so it traveled up to his lungs and um, and then caused him to stop, uh, stop breathing. And just to add, I hope this is okay, but just yeah. a little more context around the situation with Chase's dad. Um, it really was like about as sudden as it possibly could be. He was not sick. He was not unwell in any way that we were aware of or that he was aware of. Um, he had to travel sometimes for work. Mm-hmm. And I, rem- I remember this so distinctly because at the time, Chase and I lived in California. And we lived like three minutes from Chase's parents. And we had lived with them prior to getting our own place. Like we were really, really close, you know, our family and his parents, um, saw them like every day. And I remember distinctly Bruce, Chase's dad, he left on a Monday for a business trip and Tuesday night. And that was the, the last time we saw him. Um, and so I, I think that added, I mean, not that, you know, any loss at, in any circumstances so hard, but it really was just so shocking, like so sudden um, and it was, yeah, he had a, a pulmonary embolism, um, and it just was like none of us would have had any idea, like nobody saw it coming at all. 
And we found that out, I think, in October. Like, it took a while. He yeah, passed away in yeah, July, true, and we right. found out in October, early October. And then this is end of October when I wake up in the middle of the morning on a Sunday, and I'm like, man, my leg is just killing me. And I was like, you know what? I should just go get it checked out because, you know, what if it was a, you know, a DVT? I really wasn't that concerned about it, but I went to the emergency room and just went to get it checked out. And sure enough, it was. It was it a was. it was a DVT. Like it literally had um, a blood clot, a blood clot in, in my leg, leg and the, the thing that had, you know, caused his dad to suddenly pass away literally like a few months prior. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. So um I instantly became super anxious. And for I would say about six to eight months after that, I really struggled with um, anxiety, just thinking basically like my dad just passed away. Our daughter's struggling with, we didn't even know at the time the diagnosis, right? Yeah, that was the other thing is like, like Chase said, concurrently, as all of this is happening, it was, we were discovering that something was wrong seriously with wrong with Charlie. And I feel like right when it had, when it, when Bruce passed away, we still didn't quite know if it was something that was just going to be like, we didn't know it was going to be a long-term issue, um, but it was right around that time that we it was starting to unfold, and we were starting to realize, like, oh, my gosh, this is this is really serious. Um, so the timing also, I think, really contributed to, like, it was just... Terrible. Yeah, it just felt like, are you serious? Like, how is this all happening at the same time? Like, it was just, it was just nuts. And I think... And, oh, then, and oh, then your experience. And then my thing, yeah. right? And then I, I felt like it started... Um, yeah, I just started to get this anxiety and it started to build over the months and, um, I started to just feel really anxious and I feel like it got to the point where it was like pretty crippling, you know, like I, um, I was having like panic attacks at work and on, you know, in transit, like going to and from, and, um, there was a couple of times I woke up in the middle of the night, you know, and yeah, I think you went, you went, I went to the, to the hospital at least a couple like, times. I think it was at least three or four other times. Yeah. With just that fear that like you were having a what if DVT. And it, I mean, it's so valid because that initial time it was a DVT. Like you weren't wrong, you know? Yeah. And so, but yeah, but then there were several other times after that where you were worried that it was, even though it wasn't, but it was just that anxiety of like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And there's the expression of just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so I just, I, I definitely felt like that. I was like, okay, well, I guess, like, is this my time? <laughs> Am I going to go now, you know, type of thing? Like, I was like, I'm pretty young. Um, but uh, anyways, so it really freaked me out. And um, at the time I was um, working with this kind of life coach, coach and business coach. And, and um, one of the questions that she posed that helped me um, is, she said, like, what's, and again, <laughs> this isn't professional advice. This is just what worked for me, right? But um, she was like, what's the worst that could happen? She's like, just kind of play that scenario out. And I was like, okay, well, let's say I had a pulmonary embolism like my dad and I ended up passing away. Like, would my family be okay? Would they, you know? And as terrible as that would be, I was like, you know what? I think they would be okay. Um, and so that, <laughs> helped me a little bit. And then also another thing that I kind of realized as I was going through this um, situational anxiety and depression was um, before this, 
I, I had had family members and friends that had struggled with anxiety and depression. And I always just thought like, you know, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like I truly understood. I may, may not have said this, but I was like, oh, like, are people like self-diagnosing more, you know, or are people not really struggling with these things? But I realized how like crippling it really could be. And I feel like it was a gift in a way to me to be able to empathize with other people that do go through anxiety and depression, whether it's situational or whether it is clinical. And, um, man, it sucks. And I, I'm sorry if uh, any of you are going through it or have experienced that. But um, but it, it did give me that empathy to be like, you know, I need to be a little bit kinder to other people. I need to be a little bit um, more patient or um, more aware of what maybe are going on, what's going on in other people's lives. Um, there's, there's a saying or expression that... Um, Many, uh, many things are trivial and few are important. And I think when going through something like that, um, it really helps you to focus on like the few things that are important. Yeah, actually matter. Yeah. <clears throat> so how do you feel, Chase, like you kind of emerged out of that phase where you were experiencing like acute anxiety? Because I obviously remember it well myself um and it was it was it was it was just strange that's the only word that's the word that's coming to mind right now but because I had never seen you like that I had never seen Chase like that um and it really was just something it almost felt like this out-of-body situation where I just yeah you were so different um during that phase um, but, and then you definitely came out of it. Like it was like you kind of, I don't know, not that it was overnight or that it was like you snapped back per se. I think it was kind of an evolution out of it, but, um, how did you, how did you do that? How did you get there? Um, I think, you know, I think reminding myself of those things that I just shared, you know, about like, what's the worst that could happen. And then also thinking that thinking of this as a gift to be able to, offer more empathy to other people. Um, and then I also, I did take some medication for a period of time that helped me to kind of, to kind of relax. And, and, um, and then after that, I, you know, after, uh, maybe two, two months or so, two or three months of medication, I was like, you know what, I think, I think I'm okay. I think I'm ready to, to kind of wean off of it. And and so I did. And, um, thank goodness I, I haven't had, you know, any, bouts of anxiety that have kind of compared with that sense. But once you have one of those panic attacks, oh Gosh. man, just the anxiety of having one again, it can, can cause you to be anxious. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of been a little bit of my experience that was definitely triggered by a loss and medical, my own medical situation um, for a period of time. We want to take a second and talk about Family Made, the network. It's the network that makes this podcast and so many others happen. Yes, I'm sure y'all have heard of Sean Johnson, the incredible former Olympic gold medalist, someone I have admired for 
many years, by the way, <laughs> and her husband, Andrew East. But what you may not know about them is that they actually started Family Made as a way to get you excited about family life and connect you with resources that support you along your journey. And if you're loving our show, which we hope you are, <laughs> you need to check out the other shows Family Made Media has on their website. There's shows that touch on just about everything a relationship or family could go through. So you'll find shows that you can relate to. For sure. I could not agree more, Chase. Head over to familymade.com to check out the list. There's shows about literally everything, y'all. Adoption, raising large families, marriage struggles, addiction, special needs, hot topics, family values, inspiring stories, and so much more. There really is something for everyone. So go check out familymade.com to learn more. It's such a good resource no matter what season of family life you're in. Um, so speaking of panic attacks, I will, I will use that to segue to my experience with this. Um, I'm sure you remember this. <laughs> At the beginning of our marriage, I think, we, how what, it was in our first year of marriage? Yeah. Um, I had this little bout of panic attacks. And it was so weird, you guys, because... Um, they weren't really triggered by anything. I still, to this day, feel like I have no idea what triggered that um, because there wasn't really anything circumstantially going on in our lives at the time that felt like it would, you know, was an on- like the onset for that or anything. Um, and the very first one I had, I had, I had no idea what it was. Um, but I remember, and I hope this isn't TMI that I like to actually describe it, but um, I was standing in the shower. I do remember that my shower was hotter than usual. Like, Chase always makes fun of me because he says that I take lukewarm showers. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I like, I don't love a super, super hot shower. I know most people do, but I don't. Um, but that time, for whatever reason, the water was hotter than it usually is. And I remember there was like a lot of steam. And anyway, all of a sudden, I just felt kind of lightheaded. Um, and I, I remember stepping out of the shower and kind of like plopping down on onto the toilet (laughs) and to try to like gather myself because I felt like I I almost felt like I was going to faint um I can hear Charlie (laughs) laughing in the background um anyway and and all of a sudden I it was like gosh it's it's so hard to describe what I felt but it was like it felt like you know those old-fashioned thermometers um like the ones that were on the old cartoons where it's like the mercury's rising to the top and then it gets to the top and it like you know starts freaking out and then it explodes yeah cartoons yes like that is what felt like was happening in my body like something was like rising there was something happening inside my body that i had no control over and it really felt like if it didn't stop happening i was going to die like that's what it felt like and i remember having a hard time breathing and feeling like i wished i could just like rip my rib cage off I mean I had just I was right out of the shower so there was you know there was nothing to rip off but I it was like I wanted to rip my rib cage open because I just felt like I can't breathe you know um and it was so alarming that I like ran into our bedroom and just like laid on our bed and I'm like soaking wet you know didn't even have the presence of mind to like grab a towel or anything anyway and Chase walks in and is kind of like are you okay (laughs) and I'm like I don't I don't know (laughs) like what just happened Um, and I remember I went to the place I was working the next day and I kind of described what 
what happened to my coworker. Um, and she was like, it sounds like you had a panic attack. I was like, really? I, and I had no familiarity at all with what that was, what it was like. Anyway, and then over the course of, I don't know, a couple months, um, I had three more, I think. Mm-hmm. Again, for no, no apparent reason, um, I ended up going to, I ended up seeing a doctor. We did an EKG to test my heart. Um, and there, I, there really wasn't ever like a clear, um, connector. The only thing that we could put together at the time was, um, that I had, I, I drank a lot of caffeine. Like I was a, a Zumba instructor at the time. And I also just like, I've always been a little bit of a caffeine junkie for better or for worse. I'm sure for worse. Anyway. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was the only thing that we could put together might have been the trigger for it. And so I cut out all caffeine, cold turkey, you know, just for a like while, that. right? It yeah, was like for, months. Yeah. Oh, for, yeah, I think longer than months. It was like eight months or a year or something At like least, that. It was a yeah. long time. Yeah, it was a long time. Um, no caffeine because it just kind of freaked me out. Um, and I drink it again now. But <laughs> but at the time, it helped. I mean, I, I've never had a panic attack since. Um, I will say I definitely... It is one of those things where once you've experienced that, it's almost like having anxiety about your anxiety. <laughs> you know, like now I feel, I, I remember saying, especially like right after I, I went through all of that, I remember saying, um, gosh, I wish I could go back to before I knew that that was a thing, you know, because um, because for a while I just almost lived in in fear of that happening again. Because also to Chase's point, yeah, it was it was so traumatic. Like it was, um, it felt crippling and just really, really scary. Um, so that was kind of my first walk, if you will, with anxiety. Um, the, the second experience that comes to mind for me that was really, really acute at the time was when I was pregnant with, how are we doing on time, by the way? We're good. We're good. Um, when I was pregnant with Charlie, and nearing the end of my pregnancy with her, I think it was around 37 weeks pregnant, I, start, I started experiencing just the, the strangest symptoms. Um, I remember in the middle of the night, I would wake up with these kind of like, um, like these cold chills. Like I'd have the, the shakes and feel really cold. Um, and But then also my mind would be like racing, racing, racing. I don't know. It was... It was so strange. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, and I would like wake Chase up in the middle of the night because it was so unsettling, like what I was experiencing. Um, anyway, it was that. And then during the day, I just felt, oh, it's like so hard to explain. I just did not feel like myself at all. Um, I felt anxious. Like I felt... I, this is hard to explain too, but I almost felt like I wasn't anchored. <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain that, but just this very strange, unsettled feeling um, that kind of felt out of my control to sort of reel in. I didn't know how to access how I normally felt. Um, because again, I couldn't necessarily attach it to anything that was going on. So it wasn't something that I felt like I could fix or, you know what I mean? Um 
And anyway, I, I ended up going to one of my OB appointments because, again, I'm 37 weeks pregnant at this point. I went to an OB appointment, and I'm explaining to the – I was seeing the, the NP that day, the nurse practitioner, and I explained to her my symptoms. And she's like, give me one second. Come, walks out, comes back into the room with this pamphlet, and she's like, do you feel like any of these are what you're experiencing? And it's a, a pamphlet about postpartum anxiety and depression. Um, and I start kind of looking through, uh, apparently, I didn't even know this at the time, but apparently there are lots of different types of postpartum um, depression and anxiety. I wasn't aware of that at the time. And I start looking through all these different types, and there was one that I was just like, oh my gosh, that's like exactly, those are all of my symptoms right there. And it was postpartum panic disorder. Postpartum panic disorder. <laughs> That's what I was experiencing. That's what it was happening. Um, and apparently, I didn't know this either, the onset of that can occur before you actually have the baby. So it can be prepartum, I guess. So I don't know. Because um, for me, it was 37, 38 weeks pregnant. And it lasted for about two weeks. Luckily, I got to deliver at 39 weeks, and thankfully, once I Charlie was here and I had the baby, it lessened significantly. It was, like, so much better, um, and then it was kind of just dealing with, like, the anxiety about your anxiety <laughs> afterward, um, but that was, man, that was rough, and uh, I will say, um, having the NP identify what it was and seeing that it was like, okay, these are my symptoms and knowing that it was an actual thing was so comforting. There was something so comforting to me to be able to put a name to it and to know like, okay, this is a thing. I'm not just like losing my mind or, you know, like yeah. suddenly not okay forevermore. This is like, you know, it's a thing. Um, and what I did to get through that, I mean, a lot of like, you know, <laughs> poor Chase, I was so needy <laughs> during that phase, a lot of just like leaning on my support system, which was Chase, um, and prayer and stuff like that, but um, but I did also see a hypnotist, mm -hmm. I saw a hypnotist, and that actually was really, really helpful, because she kind of gave me some tools to, um, to, you know, some mindfulness tools, and some tools to help me sleep, my sleep was super disrupted during that time, um, and it was, that was really, really helpful. And I remember while I was going through that, just feeling like I will do anything. I don't care what it is. I will, I will try anything to like soften the blow of whatever this is, because it did make me feel completely non-functional. I mean, it was awful. And to Chase's earlier point, it for sure gave me so much empathy, um, for people who experience acute anxiety in you know, in whatever form, whether it's clinical or otherwise, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it can be so rough, um, and, but thankfully, got through that, got through that, um, and I would say for me, the other season of that was just when we were going through everything with, with the girls, you yeah. know, and just that, um, particularly the year that your dad passed away, 2016 was not our year, guys. <laughs> That was a really rough year. That's when that happened. Um, and I remember, like, you know, that moment of there was there's one really distinct moment in my mind of 
when I feel like it kind of clicked for me personally that like this thing going on with Charlie wasn't gonna go away oh man I'm gonna get emotional um and I remember it like I was at a a cabin with we were on a family reunion um we were with the kids the kids were with us and you know our whole family was there and I remember my mom and my sister saw Charlie do an infantile spasm they saw it um and they thought it looked really abnormal and really weird you know, and it was like having someone else kind of see it and say, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that looks normal. That was kind of this, like, gut punch, like, your stomach drops out moment of being like, oh, my gosh, something's wrong. Like, something's really wrong. Um, and that was sort of the, the catalyst of, of pursuing, like, figuring out what was wrong. Um, but for a while there you know, just that feeling of, like, oh, my gosh, like, my baby's not okay. When you think that they are, that was hard. That was really, really hard. Um, and it did. It, it definitely gave me some anxiety. Um, and, again, going back to, like, our intent here is not to, like, oversimplify or to, you know, spew a bunch of platitudes, but I do feel like, for me at least, um, what helped me get through that phase um, was just relying so heavily on our faith and our perspective, um, you know, and just feeling like um, it was somehow, I didn't necessarily know, we didn't know how at the time, but feeling like somehow it was going to be okay. Mm. Um, and like God had a plan for our lives, and if this was the plan, he was going to help it to be okay. Like he had to, right? Because that's his job. Like he has, he can make everything and anything okay at eventually at some point. Mm. Um, and I really feel like that was that was what pulled us through that, and just like kind of embracing, you know. Even still, I feel like sorry, I've been talking a long time, but um, <laughs> those were kind of the acute seasons of anxiety for me and for Chase. Um, but I feel like we experience bouts of it all the time, you know, like life is just stressful. Um, I feel like the nature of what I do for a job can be really, really anxiety inducing, to be honest, because it's very like forward facing. It's very based on like these outward metrics that like you're not supposed to care about that, but that are hard (laughs) not to care about, you know, likes and followers and engagement, blah, blah, blah. And, um, And it feels like there's only so much control you have over those things. And that can be super anxiety inducing um and same with I mean do you feel like that like that you there's just those moments of like totally yeah there's just yeah there's just moments where we all feel overwhelmed and and um good thing I have pink eye and didn't wear any (laughs) (laughs) any no it's all good there's um there was a quote that I found that um these are, these are fake glasses, by the way. I wore these just so that my <laughs> crusty eye situation <laughs> would be slightly less repulsive and alarming. Um, so this is a quote from Dan Millman. And he says, you don't have to control your thoughts. You just have to stop letting them control you. Mm. And yeah. I thought that was a, a good quote as I, as I found that. Um, yeah. Also, 
there's uh, from a stat perspective, according to the Anxiety and Depression Association um, of America, anxiety disorders affect over 40 million adults in the United States alone. Does it say what percentage that is? No, but um, 40 million adults, but yeah. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if this applies to anyone else, but something for me in knowing that like, this is a really, really common thing, um, you know, Makes you feel less alone. Oh my gosh. And it's some, there's something comforting about that. It like brings my anxiety, anxiety down. (laughs) Um, I just don't think anyone gets through this life without their moment or moments of feeling those things. Cause life is just, you know, it's, it's just, it's hard. It's a lot of ups and downs and it's kind of meant to be that way, right? Like we're meant to, um, have trials so that we can learn and grow and, And I think part of it is kind of learning how to um, cope with it and navigate all of those, that mix of emotions and stuff. Um, It's not always fun, but it does teach valuable lessons. Um, But all of that to say, I just hope that nobody feels alone um, in in those struggles because you're just, you're not. Like, you're just, you're not. And again, I know Chase and I can't, you know, what we're able to relate to is, um, you know, kind of these situational moments of, of depression and anxiety. Um, but regardless of what, you know, you may be experiencing, I just know that nobody is alone in those struggles. And I think it really is so important that we, um, as a society, have become so much more open about about those struggles so that people know that there's no stigma, that help is available, that it's not weird, that there's no shame in it, um, that, you know, help is available and, and there's no shame in, in seeking it out. Correct. So. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for sharing your story. <laughs> um, and thanks for joining us on yet another episode of the Don't Judge, Slub podcast. You can find us at, uh, well, actually really Shannon, <laughs> at Shannon Willardson. Um, on Instagram, TikTok, um, the Family Made Media YouTube channel, and then anywhere you find your podcast, um, we'll be there. I'm sorry, I just keep having this thought. Um, I think what we'll do when we post this is, at least when we post the video on our YouTube channel, um, it'll be on the Willardson Family YouTube channel and also the Family Made YouTube YouTube channel. Um, But I would love to put in the caption, you know, some resources um, just in case those could be helpful to anyone. So we'll try to do that too. Absolutely. But thanks to you guys. Thanks for joining us. Um, hope it's okay that we opened up about this, but we're just sending all of you our love. Appreciate you. Love you guys. Bye.